Welcome to the Use What You Got podcast brought to you by Red Patch Outdoors. I'm your host, Jed Luther, with co-hosts Ethan Pateman and Jared Pateman. I didn't want to be a triple tandem, you know, like, so I was like, well, if I get the camper this way and I can still pull my raft and I'm only like normal, yeah, right? That's like truck. I, that's normal yeah, for me. Truck, this is awesome. Truck like, with a camper plus a trailer plus a trailer is like right, a train yeah. at that point. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Cause a friend of mine and they have one of these that's like bigger than this. It's like a way yeah. fancy fucking thing. And, and they pull a raft that they usually like stack boats on mm-hmm. and he so they're it's crazy uh, long like yeah. this is the like, perfect size for me and julia this would be awesome because it's you know you can fit some extra people if you need to you have space for all the stuff but yeah. then you add a raft on the end it's like how do you get the you can't put a raft like i was like oh just get a sled deck right and put the raft on that but a 13 foot raft doesn't fit in a six foot bed right it just doesn't yeah it, right you'd have to put the raft on top of the and then sled deck it, and it's, it's just too much. Well, as we discussed, the, the fun logistics of our outdoor experiences. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an on-location episode <laughs> of the Use What You've Got podcast. With special guest. With special guest, the Sue new Mix. voice. Finally mixing it up a little bit. Sue. She feels firebombed right now. She didn't know she could press record. I know. Deeply offended. Smiling. I'll allow it. <coughs> so some of you know oh Sue oh shot um, <laughs> Mountain so, Archery well, Fest with us last yeah. year. And we are currently at Mountain Archery Fest. Uh, yeah, Lakeside. you're finally getting to meet her. It's funny because we spent a long time fangirling about Sue. And her Ethan fangirling about Sue. Well, Sue is probably the best hunter in the camper right now. I know. Of the three of us. You cannot set me up that way. You, well, Sue, what have you, what have you shot? <laughs> I've shot some animals. What, 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 come on. Come on. There's okay, a mountain Ethan, goat. Ethan had three things in his list that all sounded pretty epic. She shot a bear at 15 yards with a bow. You shot a mountain goat. That was a rifle hunt, correct? That was a rifle hunt. Not caribou? He was at about three. I've never shot. I would love to shoot a Did caribou. Did you get a moose? Bison. It was bison. I have, have gotten a bison. a bison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and I've gotten a sheep. Let's hear about that bear. 15 yards with a bow. Yeah. My God. Okay. It was super fun. It was a beautiful day. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. No, it was really, yeah. It was a sunny day and it's just... You know, it's kind of like every day of hunting where you're just kind of going for a walk, right? Just going out, hunting in the woods. And um, I was actually looking for some deer. And the bear just kind of ended up coming. He was above me, like up on the hill. And then he actually ended up climbing up in a tree. And so, yeah. And so I shot him out of the tree. Nice. And it was That's it was good. It was my first bear and with bow and yeah, That's it was good. Pretty awesome. It and was really fun. That's super cool. So just so everyone knows, like size, we we've talked a couple of episodes about you know who we are. Sue, how tall are you? I'm five six. Petite frame, not not to be rude, but you weigh like what one twenty one thirty. My God, one thirty <laughs> one thirty three. She's a small. <laughs> Sue's not a big gal. And she's done, I mean, you hunt a lot up some areas for elk that, I mean, I started hunting there a little bit this past year, and it completely kicked my ass in Sioux hunts there year-round. Well, yeah, we talked about that earlier. We talked about you going and hunting the Missouri Breaks and how jealous we all were, but also not jealous because it's like, holy crap, she's going to put in a lot of work. And then you got to put in all that work. It was a lot of work. It was dry and hot over there. Yeah, yeah. This would be, it was well, a lot actually, of work over there. Eastern side of the states in fucking drought still. I'll continue, yeah. fangirl. Just saying. <laughs> uh, I I haven't. Is a lot have of you work. told us the buffalo story yet? I don't think I've heard that one. No, but the buffalo story. So my buffalo, I actually was like really fortunate because, um, like you know, everyone puts in for the Yellowstone buffalo tags, and sometimes you can pull them, and sometimes you don't, but if you get one, you know, you really need, like, 20 of your best friends to, like, go with you, because they're <laughs> huge, huge animals, and I was really fortunate to, um, I was working in the emergency room, and ended up meeting a person 
that was working um, some shifts at the hospital at the time. Um, and he had a connection to the maintenance guys that work on Ted Turner's ranch. Oh, one wow. of his ranches. Yeah. And so um, one of his ranches is like 37,000 acres. And you could go over there and, yeah. And you disappear in that. And, and he, yeah, and so they they know what's on their land. They know which ones, because um, they bring in new herds from Yellowstone. So they actually, when Yellowstone needs to get rid of a bunch mm. of their buffalo, they kind of give them to Ted Turner or sell them to him or however those deals work, right? Oh, weird. Because they have to <laughs> they have to manage the numbers in Yellowstone, yeah, and when it's a, it's and a they try transaction kind of yeah, it's a weird transaction. So that less wild buffalo on a ranch. Yeah, and. I guess because they're not, you know, they're still free roaming on his ranch. Mm. I mean, but they do move them around and they do, you know, obviously they tag them and they weigh them and they check them mm. and um, they run them through the chutes for pregnancy so they know how many are coming. And so they kind of treat them like cattle, but they're still out grazing on 37,000 acres or whatever. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that kind of so, like gives you an idea of how. Like, uh, free range Yellowstone is though too, you know. Yeah. Right? It's such a controlled yeah. environment. It's a control like, oh it's wild. Like, right. Well. But we need to get rid of some of these buffalo. Yes. <laughs> but we're gonna very strictly control like down to the buffalo how many we want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's well and I think part of that though, and I don't know I completely, but I mean back in the day some of it was because of all the cattle ranches and stuff around Yellowstone Park, yeah. right? They're worried about the buffalo leaving the park because they could carry disease yeah, or things. So right, yeah. Stuff. So if the if they came out of the park, then I think that they just kind of made this rule like those ones are going or huh. something. Mm. You know, I I think that's maybe how it So was the disease you know. buffalo to cow or the reverse? I think it was Cow to buffalo. Because I know, like, uh, one of the big things, like, everybody wears merino wool, right? Yeah. But, like, one of the big arguments is having sheep in Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, all that stuff, uh, is that domesticated sheep spread pneumonia really bad to oh. uh, bighorns. Right. Like, one of the biggest threats to bighorns is domesticated sheep. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, just, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know if either you know, but I was just curious about which direction that went. Because yeah. if it was... I think it's cow Wild. bison. Yeah, I, think. I would assume, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, we we know. have a good good way of fucking up nature's order of things. <laughs> we're really Usually good at general. it. Yeah. yeah, we're good at it. Yeah, it's what we do. Mm-hmm. The human condition. <laughs> <coughs> so, but we're at the top of Blacktail, Blacktail Ski Hill in yeah. Lakeside, Montana. Absolutely and beautiful place. My God, yeah, this is by far the. Most All you beautiful 3D shoot that I've ever been Everyone that shoots TAC, go stay there. TAC is way more beautiful but Yeah, than this us. is horrible. This <laughs> is terrible. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is be a part of horrible views. Mad Archery Fest. It's so noisy up here. The crickets are so loud. Yeah. We are... Yeah. I'm at... Sue, you've been up here since Tuesday, right? Tuesday. Yeah. She got yeah. up here Tuesday. Yeah. She's been helping set courses and things. So she's got yeah. a little... We, Jed and I got here four hours ago. Yeah. Basically. Um, really beautiful. I'm excited to shoot this. This looks... I think there's going to be some awesome courses there's out there. There's great terrain. Really yeah. great terrain. And I we had so much fun setting course. Yeah. Well, we're actually... We set up a tent this year. We're uh, going to be hanging out in the Vendor Village, actually selling stuff, showing people our gear, which is going to be really cool, wrapping Red Patch Outdoors. And you would not believe the view from our table. Colson Lake. It's just Flathead Lake. You see Flathead Lake. You can see also the missions. You can see all the way to the Bob Marshall on the yeah. other side. Mm -hmm. You can see Glacier too. It's you see Glacier. Mind-boggling. It's yeah. This is probably one of the prettiest views I've seen in Montana. Absolutely. Like what's amazing is to see like the sprawl because yeah, like and dozen. try and think about what cities or like little oh, yeah. towns like because you can see like Lakeside and Valley Big Fork and then around here too. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then you're trying to like think like, of what we're on top of the highest is. mountain. In the area. In in the area on this side mm -hmm. of the lake anyways. And so it's valley, valley, like, valley views all the way around. The funniest part is every single person I've talked to since coming here is like, I've never skied here, but my God, I'm coming back. Yeah. I want to come this way. Yeah. I want to come ski here. It's beautiful. Like, big mountain, F off. Like, I'm, I'm oh. coming to Black I've skied down to like, big mountain once, and it's just. What'd you say? It was $30 Thursdays? Thir yeah, 30 or $35 Thursday, he said. Something yeah, like that. that. Sounds incredible. Yeah, I, I know. I have to look into that. 
Well, like you're and looking the thing at this is, is, like when we were setting track or setting all the the courses and stuff, like all you'd hear about is that it's like greens and blues and fun family like hill. But mm -hmm. there was a lot of signs for some good black runs. Yeah. And there's some really good like when you're looking up at those runs and we were driving down some of them. I mean, there's some good <coughs> steeps in there and. I mean, yeah, you look at the, the two courses that start right off the vendor village. Mm -hmm. so I, I popped over and looked at the start signs. I was like, that's some vert drop right off mm -hmm. the, the get-go. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah, those of you who are listening, you can't see it, but Ethan started drooling. Thinking about <laughs> setting up a course on this mountain. He's like, oh my God, look it at that cliff. I want to shoot from the top of this cliff. If yeah. Brandon, and we'll, we'll try to get, I think we might have some special guests on another episode later on this from this brandon's in casey's in brandon waddell i'm sure we'll loop some other people in just because yep. we're gonna casey's start we're sales. gonna offer beer if we can get Derek from initial ascent in here we should absolutely try oh we will we can he set up right next to us he made a mistake he set up too close to us we're gonna get him i i trapped him into that yeah, we moved, we, we moved things out of the <laughs> we way. We literally moved, we moved things out of the way so that our tents would be yeah. touching. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? Whatever it takes. Well, when we first rolled up, Brandon walked up. He's like, man, this is all about the networking. It's like you're going to meet all these people in the you industry. You guys set up next like, to Pope oh. and Young. Okay, great. But then he was also like, you definitely need to talk to Derek from Initial Dennis. Ascent. Or Dennis. 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 Sorry. Not Derek. Uh, Derek's my buddy. You say a lot of names. You confuse me. I know a lot of people. Dennis. All right. From initial ascent he's like you need to talk to him you need to talk to him We're like all right well hopefully we cross this path and then we see him starting to set up like hey man what's up let's help you set up your tent <laughs> yeah. let's do this yep gave him a beer showed him our stuff anyways beers um, but so yeah we're i'm excited for this this is this this will be the first 3d shoot we've shot all year it's my second okay yeah you went to northwest mountain challenge three weeks ago uh, two weeks June, ago, July eighth. Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, it was fun. This is my first three D shoot. I mean, we've only shot Five Valley Archery Club. I've only shot once. Did you do one of those this year? No, we just went. No, and just shot. went and shot us oh. together. Okay. I've been I've just been shooting in my yard. I haven't had. You mean up at the court or the range? Yeah, yeah. I haven't done any comps yeah. or anything this year. So this will be my first. I think in the last couple of weeks I've been down there twice because Nikki demanded we go. And I was mm -hmm. like, yes. That's awesome. I know. Works. I want to go shoot it. that some someday. Yeah. We should yeah, do it. would be you, fun. Girls should, after you guys do a, a girl shoot, you guys yeah. should do an episode and recap. <laughs> I, I asked Nikki if she'd hysterical. be on the podcast, and she's like, are you guys going to be recording? I was like, yeah. She's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you get uh, Nikki, yeah. Sue, and Julia. Get him some drinks and just turn them loose. Yeah, you know. <laughs> get get Nikki a few of her red beers and she'll be uh, she'll be down to party. Um, we'll be in that would be fun. So yeah, we're uh, like I said on location at one of close. the prettiest one of the prettiest views in Montana right now. It is what it is, is going to be one of the funnest weekends of our summer. Like yeah. I like not to say I was skeptical coming here, you know, but there I some did so not expect it to be this pretty. I love this. Well, setup. we recapped yeah. this last year, right? When we did our 3D recap. Yeah, we, we did an episode. It was like three Mountain Archery or Fest like was that. the same. Um, they, they they were at Lookout last year, and that's where everyone got to hear about Sue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, we talked about One it. One of the times that we talked about <laughs> um, Just like funny. I said, we fangirl. And that, <laughs> like, Lookout had some great terrain, but just the logistics of Lookout, there's nothing around it. The camping and the parking lots, right? It's a great. You ski feel like hill, you're right? right on the highway because you are. It was, yeah, yeah, you're right I mean, on the highway. You could shoot people with your bow. Yeah, no, from like the, the, the final target of the Pope and Young course that we shot last year. If you wanted to, you could have hit the interstate. Yeah, you straight up could. And yeah, up if here, you shot over that caribou. I bet you, you can't yeah. hear yeah. a car. No, there's nothing up. Like we're in the middle of nowhere. We're 13 miles off of the road, which is yeah. the longest 13 miles of dirt road I think I've ever driven. Yep. Off of 93. Yeah. No, yeah. seriously, that was the longest 13 miles ever. But just gorgeous, and I think it's going to be. I'm. And I will say, I'm excited for you guys to see the courses because, like, I've seen. Well, the one that we set, and then. Which one did you shoot? Do you we set, do you set the, um, the Kirsch. The Kirsch. And then. 
but while we were setting that one, the Predators was getting set. Mm. And that thing to, like, so we got to drive some of that course when we were coming off from setting ours mm. and seeing some of those targets. It's going to be a hard course. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, what did but they say? But it's super cool because it goes through, like, we were in kind of open terrain where mm -hmm. they've cut runs in yeah. and it's really beautiful, though. And, like, they were in kind of thicker kind of like the the base map yep. one that we shot last year like so anyways it's the same company you know mountain archery fest yeah it'll be good it's a different hill because lookout just wasn't quite what they were looking for and brandon found this place um we you know got, talked a little bit about it and gave him some you know well these are the the ski hills in the area i feel like that's one of the cool things about this industry though is like ethan has been talking to brandon for what the last two years basically trying to trying to like find since the first time we since shot the first time we shot mountain like literally ago. the day we shot there too i was like dude i'll we started like, talking to brandon what about shooting somewhere else because we're like this was fun you set up an awesome course uh the issue is you're a hundred and you're you're an hour and a half from like the closest Things. hot dog roller at a gas station you know mm -hmm. which isn't yeah. his fault it's not the, the lift's fault whatever it's just like I mean, it's a great spot like, to go skiing, yeah, but like, you're going to awesome stay there for three days to it shoot just, archery. I mean, you need a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And not saying there's more up here. It's just a different location. But this it is, is like, like true camping. But it is because like this venue, actually, like this mountain, they host weddings. They host other events. And so they're used to that. Yeah. So they have like things a good well, kitchen lakeside's only and they 20 have, minutes like, down the well hill. yeah right. well yeah exactly 20-ish it's 13 and yeah. a half miles from where we're sitting right now to an ace hardware yeah and tamarack brewing company yeah and yeah. flathead lake yeah and flathead lake yeah and the town of lakeside and then you know every five minutes there's another small town yeah you know yeah. either direction we're, we're an hour from polson we're an hour and a half 45 from missoula well we're further than that it, we're takes, like an hour it takes 40, 40 minutes to get from Missoula to Pulse. Hour and change from Kalispell. Yeah. Either. Like, great location. Great hill. Yeah. You're um, closer to a Walmart now than we were at Lookout from a gas station. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it was Wallace. Kel was Wallace. Wallace was is like Wallace 20 miles Idaho side. Kellogg. Either or. Same, same thing. Either. Idaho. Yeah, that pass is gnarly as hell, though. Yeah. Roads are shit. We would have had one in either direction. Yeah. I think it was easier to go to Kellogg. Yeah. Probably. But I don't know. Either was, way, Yeah. this, but also, like, even if it was that far away, like, holy crap, this is pretty. <laughs> like, yeah. my God. Well, it that is. That Let's, uh, is like... <laughs> we're, we're, we're all super excited <laughs> about this. Really pretty hard. That'll be tomorrow's episode. Or, you know, next, whatever. When we tell Brandon. When we talk to Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Brand. Yeah, he can talk uh, about it. Sorry, He'll I'm circling about. back to the point that I was making. Ethan's been talking to him since the first time that we shot, which was two years ago. Three years ago now? Two years. Well, this is our third. This is our third. Yeah, so it would have been two years. Two years because it was from June. One year, two yeah, yeah, year. Yeah. This is our third shoot. So this just, yeah, year. just over two years ago, he's been talking to him. But also, Brandon's been talking to other people in the industry who are trying to do the same thing here in Montana trying to get him <clears throat> and we're all circling missoula like let's get closer to missoula yeah. mm -hmm. because uh like the full draw film tour goes to missoula like you know they do all Which of these mountain archie fest partners with full draw yeah and that'll be shown tomorrow or saturday night with the pope and young dinner which would be awesome yeah um will tell you all about it um i've already seen it it's a fucking sick show this Is year's it? oh my god this year's film full draw how much ugly crying was there like, as compared to last year. Like, if last no. year was a 10 for Ugly Crying, what's this year? Five. Too much. Too much. Dude. They didn't listen to our podcast where I said Ugly Crying is now what we're going to do. <laughs> I think Tanisu was the only one that Ugly Cries, but she shoots this giant bull moose at, like, six feet. Okay. I'll wow. allow it. With a bow. If I saw a huge, shot a huge bull moose at six feet, I'd probably... Dude, like, there's really sexy epic, cry. <laughs> that would be amazing. Epic footage this year in full draw. That show was I don't awesome. think that it's Full Draw's fault, but I feel like last year was a little bit weak sauce. The year before, yeah. I really liked. They had that like really young gal that shot that moose. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I feel like they had a real 
mixed bag two years ago. Last year, I was kind of... Last year, they did the mixed bag again, but some of the films were subpar. This yeah. year, everyone... Like, they, they had some filmmakers that... No, I no, 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 no. I'm before. mixing it up. I'm thinking three years ago was pretty good. I didn't see 2020. 2020 was online. It was online. Yeah, 2021 was like the it. first post-pandemic one. Yeah. And it was hit and miss. Yeah. Um, good well, shows now. This They had the uh, hunter, Hunt for Hope, Outfitters for Hope Hunt on this one. Ooh. With Corey and Donnie. The Hunt of the Lifetime? That made me... That, I ugly cried, yeah, Hunt of the Lifetime. Yeah. I ugly cried watching that one. That one's yeah. just... If you haven't looked that up, that's also really cool. So, like, you know what Make-A-Wish Foundation is, right? But Make-A-Wish Foundation doesn't do hunting. So, someone tried to go hunting through Make-A-Wish Foundation, and they literally created Hunt of a Lifetime specifically for those people. And this this was a blind kid. And they've taken out quite a Leukemia patient, like, term, they, unfortunately, <clears throat> like, when you watch the Elk 101 series, Destination Elk, when they do that show, when after that episode, there's typically a page like, you know, four months later, this individual passed. Yeah. Lost their fight with cancer and shit right. like that. And the most devastating one is when Corey was talking about fighting with a landowner to try and claim the animal that the Hunt of a Lifetime kid yeah. shot. Because the owner. landowner... It like ran off. They weren't gonna let him have it. Well, the land. It went from one ranch to the other one. It went from where they were hunting to a different private property. Oh my god, that would be the worst human in the world to like take that from someone like Like, that. This kid is. There's something wrong with you deep down on the inside when there's a yeah someone who's dying. But people are crazy about hunting because I remember I was hunting on this hunt. We went and we were kicking this set of trees for my buddy and his like nephew or something and I and he was like 12 years old he was like it was his first years Mm. of hunting like 12 or 13 and he so we pushed this bull through and he shot that bull and and it was a good shot but the bull went down the hill there was all these other hunters down the hill and one of them ran up and tagged that bull Mm -hmm. and it's like this is a like 12 year old kid's first bull and you're gonna take it from he's like I got the tag on it I mean and it would became like this whole discussion Um, and it's like I don't understand people. <laughs> I, I had that happen too. Like, I, I mean, and like yeah, in this can, situation of this group you're talking about, like those are, that's even more of a reason you would, you should, oh. It's insane how human. many people have that exact same story of <laughs> I shot an elk and then somebody claimed it for me. And I was seven miles from my truck, so I was like, sure, dude, you can fucking tag it. But yeah. I'm, the, he's shooting a, a yeah, it, I well, hollow points out of my 308. He hit the horn. I watched the tine fall off, stunned the bull. Bull falls down. Bull stands back up. I put it right behind the shoulder at 100 yards. Softball size exit hole, right? Yeah. He's shooting a 270 with lead core. I'm like, I mean, that's my shot. That's my round exit. But, you know, I'm seven miles from my Sure, dude. Yep. You, can, you can take well, the fucking the, rag horn. The thing there, okay, so, you, you know, you both took a shot. You're both, like, mm-hmm. adults that are in healthy condition. Okay, so it still is like a but little a messed up kid, that that happens. Some kid in general. comes up to me but and says, "Hey, I shot that like, bull." I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, you, you did, dude! You want me to help you cut it?" Yeah. yeah, now you have a young kid, or you have this, you know, like someone with a disability yeah, or fighting yeah. cancer. And well, all and this, in and the, like, the really? hunt of a lifetime situation, it was yeah. the landowner. It wasn't another hunter. Yeah. The yeah. guy was just like, "No, nah, you can't have it. I'm not letting like, you on the property to retrieve it." What's wrong with people? Yeah, it's like not to be a jerk, but like that's a good way to get your legs broke. Go grab another beer. Like, that's just. Oh, yeah. People are dicks, basically. <laughs> I can't remember what we were talking about. We were t- Is talking that the about- first sentence? <laughs> no, we were talking about how <laughs> shitty people are about yeah. taking animals from kids and yeah. the lifetime. Yeah, okay. Um, and then full like, draw. That's but that's just like. So, but again, things we with Sue here because Sue has way more awesome hunting experiences than either of us have. That's, you hunting spent lots myths. of time in the woods, man. You, you know what? Okay. Everyone has so a like story. hunting myths and like challenges. Here's what I'm going to start okay. off with that hunting myths though is just like I feel like you have had a lot cooler hunts than me, but I bet <laughs> we have had about the same amount of fun in the woods, you know. I mean yeah. like I can have equal fun hunting elk with Ethan <laughs> or hunting whitetail does with my wife. Or going and hunting, you know, hunting 3D with James. Okay, that. <laughs> That's a whole thing all on its own, though. None of you've met him. You've missed out. 
I'm sorry. Y'all lost. Is that your imaginary friend? James, you met James. <laughs> what are you talking about? How dare you put that on me? Uh, that's a different animal. <laughs> and I wouldn't trade that for the world. <laughs> I would not either. James, if you're listening, we love you and we miss you. I would not trade his level of entertainment for my Moose beer Hunt says Alaska. James. Yes, it James. does. It says James. <laughs> James. But I, I miss you, James. Uh, okay, so for real though, like something we wanted to talk about a little bit was like hunting myths, like things that are just fully accepted by society as like this is what hunting is. Like, suppose you were to never have hunted, you know, and you're going to start tomorrow. Like, what are the things in your head that you're going to think? Or that people have said to you, and we're all experienced hunters, like, things that people have said to you that you're like, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, gosh. I have to think about that. Give me an example of what you're thinking when okay, you're talking so, like, myths. one thing that people talk about is, like, you got to be able to take a real long shot, right? Okay, no, that's not true. <laughs> one of the issues, though, <laughs> is define a long shot. Yeah. What would you say a long shot is, Ethan? 800 yards. What would you say is a long shot, Sue? Well, because I like to keep my shots for under 200. Okay, yeah. I mean, I would rather do the sneak, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because that's, to me, that's the biggest part of the hunt. So I would rather do the sneak and make my shot under 200. Yes, there's a couple animals, like my sheep I had, or my goat I shot, like 30, you know. But it's hard to get close to them. But even but like then you talk to some people that are all in this long distance yeah, they're shooting thing where they're like zeroing yeah. in their wind speeds and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And they're shooting 1,500. And like to me, that's crazy. Well, and also, okay, like, I feel like this was just picture perfect example of this expectation myth versus reality, right? So Ethan immediately said 800 yards, which if you're shooting 800 yards and you can and you can do it consistently, like dope that's good for you bro you're probably part of the top five percent of hunting shooters i'm not saying shooters but hunting shooters Mm -hmm. right like because most people in this in this group like probably have never shot beyond 500 most people they're shot behind two because that's what it most ranges yeah two or three three let's say three yeah yeah it's like every range has like a 300 yard every range has a 300 yard you've probably rung rung the the steel at 300 yards yeah right most people most of us have but 800s, top That's a poke. Five, ten percent yeah. would would take that shot. Breaking ten know? inch rocks at 500s. And if you're shot. sitting mm-hmm. there in your living room right now, thinking long, to yourself, yeah, a long shot. if you're sitting in your living room right now, thinking to yourself, like I shoot six five Creedmoor, I can shoot 800 yards. I'm just gonna I jack swear these to God. off real quick. Hold on, let me let me get some moisture right there <laughs> on my face. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. We're going to turn that's this my, around. That's my opinion. You know, like, uh, that's yeah. the real hip round to be shooting. Nope. Y'all are... Just because it goes super fast doesn't mean it's going to fucking do shit. It's terrible. It's the worst. Yeah. Anyway, you so I feel like five, that was a great example, though. You said 800 off. yards, and she's like, I don't want to shoot over 200. I'm like, that's actually the reality. Yeah. Yeah. I, the closest shot possible. The furthest shot I've ever taken was just under 300 yards. And I have practiced out to 500 pretty significant. Like, for the shot I've had on the animal, I shot a bull at 457. I feel like that's a poke. I shoot 308. That's a a poke with a 308. That's a long shot, you know? So, the the idea that, like, a long, you have to be able to take long shots. But you have to consistently be able to do, because there's so much. Like, the terrain is deceiving, Mm -hmm. you're shooting across a draw, maybe a little angled uphill. Windage. There's so much when you're taking those long shots. Is the animal and, bedded? Is it moving? You know, what's right. your caliber? Yeah. Exactly. What's your drop? Can it even, yeah. What's your ballistics? What's Can your, get there? What are you hunting? Could you get closer? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you're taking an 800-yard shot, I bet money yeah, you can get, you get closer. Yeah, can you get closer? Like, unless, unless you're, you're shooting like ridge canyon, to ridge. Yeah, or yeah. canyon, to can, like canyon wall shit. Yeah. Like, you'd see mountain goats. Mountain goats, yeah. That or would be long shots. people who take really long shots on antelope. Yeah, if yeah, you're out in the and flats you know and you got nothing, I mean, I know, but you can but get you within know, 400 yards of an animal. I think you can still yeah. get in. Like I, pretty I'd still much call 400 yards a long shot, though. But with the the Montana decoy this year, bow hunting, I walked within 180 yards of fucking antelope with my bow. Yeah, like you put that in front of a gun, you get within 400. Game over. Yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can get sub 200, I mean, uh, what is your rifle zeroed at? Two. 
What's your rifle zeroed at? 25. 100? My oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, 25, and then it's zero again at 2. At okay. 200. Yeah, zeroed at so two. I zero at 200. 25 and 200. Yeah. So all of us are probably shooting, you know, it's quarter size holes at yeah. 200 yards from the bench. Yeah. From the bench, <laughs> to be specific. But uh, if you if you got that close with, with the an decoy, antelope? with an antelope, I mean, like, there's, there's not eight, much that well, you can't get that close to. My 308, mm-hmm. eight inches of drop at, at 300 yards. Zeroed at two, I got eight inches drop between two and three. If you're shooting Ooh, beyond 400 yards, in my opinion, it's almost a novelty shot. You're doing it specifically well, so that you can say you shot for the distance. The new scope I have, my 450, is my third reticle. <clears throat> Zeroed at two, it's dead on. Third third dot is 450 every time. You could have got closer, Ethan. No, I couldn't have. <laughs> I could not have gotten closer to that rock <laughs> that I shot. Could have tried. All right. Well, it was a rock. It's not like it was going anywhere. But I needed. You to could know have got to hit. a foot. He could have snuck on that. You could have really stretched that out. Eight or nine hours, me. just you know. Crawled, it would have smelled me. Belly crawled. Yeah. I've belly crawled with you before. Yes, you have. It was about forty minutes. We went about ten and a half yards. <laughs> it did not end well. It didn't work because the antelope fucking saw us. And because that other guy came up over that ridge, screwed the pooch. <sighs> yeah. Antelope hunting. My God. Okay, so that was a myth. I love it. That you have to take a long shot. Correct. Somebody else have a myth (laughs) that like. Honestly, I think it's the whole. You have to hike. Like, you have to get off the road. You have to go deep into the nasty hole. Like, you have to go (laughs) away from the people to get the animals. So okay, but no, because a lot of it's luck. Is that? Absolutely. And timing. So that's something, too, though. Uh, you got to bring in, like, the difference between hunters today and hunters a decade ago, right? So, like, you and I, I know for sure, Sue, I don't know your, like, background and expertise and stuff, but, like, Ethan and I have grown so much on specific things that we've shared with each other, and most of it ends up saying, as soon as you get a mile away from the road, you're away from 90% of hunters. But that's not true anymore, because if 100% of hunters here get a mile away from the road, that means when you get a mile away from the road, you're closer to 90% you're next to everybody. of hunters. I have like, shot more animals within a half mile of the pickup than I have You've walked from no hunters from into hunters. And I don't, yeah. I, like, I, don't, I guess I don't know your opinion on that. We haven't talked about it, but... I get, part of that depends like where you're hunting. Yeah. Like your, you your know, favorite I go-to mean, spot. If you were going to pick a spot and go to it to hunt and know that, okay, I got a 50% chance of seeing something to get a shot, how far off the road is that? Or if we dropped you in somewhere completely new, would your first reaction be, I got to get away from the roads? Or would you start hunting the second you stepped out of the car? You definitely start hunting the second you get out of the car. Yeah. Because, I mean, things could be anywhere. Yeah. And I feel like that's a story. I mean, if, if you think that you... So, okay. Th- yeah. yeah. So now I kind of get where that question goes. So there's an area that I always went and hunted. And I would... And I'd camp there and sleep there. And I hunted the minute I stepped out of my... The back... I always slept in the back mm-hmm. of my truck. And I was hunting the minute I stepped out of the back of my truck. Because there could be animals everywhere. And there would be guys that would, like, blaze up to the that area. Because there's a parking area. And... They would jump out of their trucks. It's like five in the morning. It's like two hours before daylight. <laughs> you know, you can't see I anything. Be eight miles deep and they by got the time a, yeah, and they're like running light. through the woods, and you would just hear them blow up. You know, like Elk animals are, are like river, running, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I can go back to bed now because <laughs> they just no. Um, but yeah, they just think that they have to get to this part like six miles back, like before daylight. But the animals are there, and I remember camping. Way back when, when I lived in Colorado and I'd be camping and you'd wake up and the deer and elk would have bedded maybe like a hundred yards from you, you know? So if you just like woke up and started looking, like they would be like right there. Well, I'm curious, like what, what part of that is ego driven too, you know? Like, to say that they got that elk yeah. that far mm-hmm. away. It's like I hiked in six miles before daybreak even well, broke and then I hiked another three and shot this thing. Whereas you woke up. 
you started hunting from your tent. You're in the woods. Like they you might have gotten it within 100 yards. If you're the ultimate hunting douche like I am, you, you kill a lot of things in your crocs, <laughs> in your bathrobe. <clears throat> you gotta trade in your crocs for hay dudes, though. No. Crocs are the ultimate power move. Man. Because the holes <clears throat> let all that extra experience in. I used to think crocs were those jokes until uh, I had an assignment where we had to pick a publicly traded company and like do this whole assessment of a publicly traded company. Mm -hmm. My God, Crocs. Yeah, <laughs> I want to invest in Crocs. I want some Crocs stocks <laughs> because- They're a good shit. company. <clears throat> they really they are. Give out, Dude, they, they crush. Give, they give free Crocs away all the time. If you were to guess how much the CEO of Crocs makes every year, you'd be wrong. <laughs> that dude is rolling in it. My God. Because they're comfortable and supportive? <laughs> they're. Waterproof? Cleanable, you know what? The only people wear readable? them in the hospitals because you can wear yep. them all day. I hiked out of the Bob Marshall, so I went camping, multi day trip in the Bob Marshall. This is for reals, right? You, I had to cross, sport mode. I had to cross so well, many like to, right? <laughs> going in. There's all these creeks, and how pain in the ass. Take your pack off, take your boots off, put your crocs on, walk across the water, put your boots back on, put your pack back on, whatever. So we went in multi day. Coming back out, I'm like, number one, I'm sick of changing out of my shoes. And number two, I had a blister from my boots. I hiked out like 12 miles in my Crocs. Loved them. <laughs> Loved You're them. You're going to buy a never, pair of Crocs. Never, okay. had, to, you know never what? had to change my shoes. Now, now as we sit here, I have my Crocs on. Sue has her Crocs on. God, and Jed is wearing that. shoes. I'm still wearing my boots. Okay, the, oh, literally the only reason I don't have Crocs, I walked in. Because I he told me he didn't want any, and he no, didn't no, no, tell no, me no. his shoe size. Shoe size? You mean shoe size? Same uh, thing. I walked into Famous Footwear. I picked the most obnoxious pair that I could find. That's right. right. It was waterfowl camouflage. I was like, yep. I I'm, have real tree. On right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna hunt in shadow, shadow grass blades. They make a lot uh, of colors crocs, and styles. You know, mm -hmm. only but Jack, uh, green and black camo. Very uh, nice. Loves it. I walk Very up nice. to the register at Famous Footwear, and apparently their buy one get one half off does not work on Crocs. So I'll never go there again. If anything, I'll burn <laughs> it down. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with Crocs. That just no, it has nothing to do with Crocs. Famous Footwear, like screw them. But also, I object to paying full price for anything, so... Yikes. That's the only reason I don't have Crocs, because I'm bitter at Famous Footwear. Wow. And thus, the whole shoe industry as a whole. <laughs> if I had tried to buy any other brand of shoes, I'd hate that brand of shoes because of Famous Footwear. Yeah. But... A couple years ago, there was a big rumor that Crocs was going to go out of business. I remember and so that. all the stores were like selling all their Crocs for like That's 50 when I percent off. I paid $20 yeah. for mine. Yep. It was mm -hmm. awesome. It was and great. They made money hand over fist. And then, mm -hmm. and they're still in business. And, and they're, they're still, still making great shoes. And you can buy the fuzzy kind. I love the fuzzy ones. <laughs> uh, the problem is, though, the fuzzy yeah. ones are only good for one year. No, yeah, they yeah. smell so much. Well, you gotta wash them. You can unpop the fuzzy part and put it in your wash machine. You no, can? No, the, the, yeah. Those, oh. those are. Yeah, the, you can. No, the poppable ones aren't crocs, they're mammoth. No, they when they first came out, you could take the fuzzy part. They're, they're out. new ones. You can't. Mm. Okay, so that's what stopped. So just me from throw the whole shoe in the wash machine. I tried that. It, is... it didn't work. Because oh. I bought a pair of fuzzies and then I had to throw them away. I loved them for like two weeks and then it's like, oh my god, this smells like death. Yeah, okay, that has to do with your foot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that has to do with the fact that like yes, and not the grog. This this dude smells like death after one day of hiking. I shared the back of a truck with him intimately for several nights. And, uh, it was two. We are several. Can be two. Uh, let one me time. Be, let me be melodramatic. Uh, we're lucky we're both sitting here because we were the two stinkiest monkey fighters that you have ever seen in your entire lives. I mean, uh, between the snoring the battle. Yeah, no, the funniest part is we wake up in the morning and both of us are yelling at the other one, you snored all night. You kept farting all night long. Your feet freaking reek. <clears throat> And we both said the same thing, and then we realized, like, we both got a half night of sleep. We both spent a half night farting, but both of our feet stank the whole time. And we listened to elk bugle the entire time from camp, it was a good, so it really didn't it was matter. Good and that's why you oh hunt from your camp spot. That's right. You don't hike in that eight miles. Oh, my God. I remember I was hunting. Past this, all them elk. Yeah, I was sleeping in the back of my truck, and I was, like, 
going to go hunting, and these elk, they did. They came right through, and it was before, I mean, pitch black mm -hmm. everywhere. And you just hear them walking, and they were talking, and they're like probably 10 feet from the back of the truck, and you couldn't you couldn't do anything about it. You couldn't see. like dark. Yeah. Yeah. And they were completely ghosts the next well, morning, had, like by the time daybreak. Well, what we're... <laughs> <laughs> we're referencing we were hunting in this spot jared had shot his cow the night before and we're like great so we're i was going to sleep in the back of my truck but being it as full we, blood it was full yeah. of blood from jared's cow there you go so i was like jed can i crash with you so we're sleeping in the back of jed's truck full moon <laughs> and like 400 yards behind camp if even 2 a.m because yeah. we got real it was jared's first Probably first not elk. Even that far. we got hammered and so, like, 2 a.m. we wake up because we both have to pee. Like, not to mention the <laughs> snoring and all the other... That's what started. Like, we slept good, and then we had to pee. We died. And then I think we were both sitting there snoring, having to pee, and half awake. And we're like, I don't want to wake him up. And then eventually one of us was just like, I'm about to piss this entire truck. So, But we get out to pee, and it's like, wait. You, you hear that? You hear that, right? And, like, Jared sleeping yeah. in... The dreaming, cab of my truck. Having nightmares about wolves. No, that was another night when we were in the <laughs> No, nope, it's every night. Probably. <laughs> he has those dreams in his house. <laughs> True. And we're like, wait, those... So then it's like 2 a.m. Our alarms are set for 5 a.m. Because we were planning on going like... We had a four-mile hike planned. To we get were going to be those guys. We were going to be the guys light. to no, go yeah, super deep. Shooting light. And it's yeah. like, well, this plan has changed dramatically. Because they're right there. So the alarm goes off at 5 Shoot, some, legal some, shooting yeah. lights not till six thirty. Yeah, and we have three minutes to walk. Yeah, so we made the the executive right? decision like let's sleep in thirty minutes. So which none of us slept. We yeah we we didn't get up. We stood up. Uh, it took us one and a half minutes to get dressed, and then we're all leaning <laughs> on the front of the pickup, just like it's not light it. enough. <laughs> like we're looking at a clock. Like legal shooting light is in twenty five minutes. Mm -hmm. We need to leave this spot in twenty minutes. Because the road to the clearing where these elk are bugling is four minutes that way. All right, so that is a legitimate solid myth of I have to be able to hike in miles and miles and miles. The opposite yeah. side of that coin, though, is if you have the physical ability to hike those miles. Do it. When it turns out that there's not an elk right at the back of your camp, it's nice to be able to like Do physically well, accomplish that. And, <laughs> and it's awesome if you can, but... And, you know, sometimes there are those really cushy spots, yeah. you know, that you know they're going to be in or well, coming through or whatever. But yeah. then my philosophy is I'd rather go in the night before and wake up there, mm -hmm. you know, in that cushy spot than, like, yeah, I hiking it. in through. Because, like, I mean, I remember even in Minnesota, I'm hiking into a deer stand and... I get to the base of the stand and I'm tying my bow on and I get Deer blown on yeah. me. You know, and I'm like, oh, well, I can go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how I felt. Like, I can, I can just walk back to camp now. A nanny doe starts blowing and you're like, I give up. <laughs> I quit. That's why I just shoot so, that though. Yeah, if I could see her, I'd kill her with my knife right now. And <laughs> just slice and dice because that's just how I want her. I think another big one is that no, nope. nothing. Nothing. Okay, so I, mean, I feel distance like from distance from roads, shooting far, big calibers, just the caliber period. Oh right? yeah, that's a huge. That's debate. a myth. Okay, so this that's is something debate. that it's e a debate. Everyone Ethan and has I a were talking about this for a long time on the drive up here too, and we were talking about it specifically for archery, but like uh, there's a there's a group, the Ashby Institute, mm -hmm. that was working on trying to perfect. Archery. What's like the perfecting perfect an arrow, setup? Perfect arrow, arrow weight setup. and speed. Weight, <laughs> speed, broadhead. Like Whole setup, The yeah. bevel cut into the broadhead, like the cutting yeah. surface, the, you know. And the thing that we, like, kind of came down to is the difference between good, meaning you'll accomplish your mission, like you'll get a mm -hmm. pass through on an elk, mm -hmm. and perfect mm -hmm. is exactly as thin as that single bevel broadhead you know yeah, there's like, no it's because it's all like everyone the argument is kinetic energy versus momentum and ashby says that momentum is gospel right yeah. like you have to go by my well momentum and kinetic energy are the 
cor correlating measurements. High, you know, something going that's heavy and fast has high kinetic energy and high momentum. So they're the same fucking thing, basically. Yeah. For for this argument, sake, like, right? Like, yes, I know that. Yes, Alex, I understand that there are differences between kinetic energy and momentum. But once you hit 56 foot pounds, you're gonna blow through both fucking shoulder bones of a bull elk. That's what it takes to break them. You're gonna fucking go through it. Well, and when you're talking calibers, it's the thing, the same kind of thing. And like, you're gonna see arguments on both sides of like. I have to have this. I have to shoot a 338 Lapua because that's the only thing that's going to bring it down. Like, when you say that's the only thing that's going to bring it down, nope, you're wrong. It's 100% incorrect. People have taken down elk with a 223. Would I recommend it? No. The argument on that side is it's all about placement. It's like, cool. In my opinion, I love hedging my bets. Let's go midline. I want something that's big enough that I don't have to worry about it and small enough that I'm not spending $20 around. <laughs> like, 308. Odd yeah, six. Feel, yeah. 30 cal. 308, odd six. 270. Uh, 270. Actually is not a... T 30, 30. This is pretty versatile. We have, you know, like 6.5 Creedmoor, all the the, the, this, the new 6.8, all that other shit. And 3030 okay. has killed more fucking elk in American history yeah, say than any other caliber. 3030 30 or 30 odd six has killed more things, because including I think people. A lot of people, <laughs> like back in the day, 30 odd six was like... That was the Brown. that oh, was the gun. And if we're talking that back in the, the day, if we're talking like the 60s, 70s, 80s, like dudes brought back rifles from World War II. They brought back the K98 from Japan, and they sporterized it by boring out that barrel and making it ready for a 30 out six. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, finding a classic rifle in its original caliber is harder well, than finding it rebored for one of those bigger calibers like the 30 out six, specifically for deer hunting, like. Yeah. Which I think odd six for a deer is fucking asinine. It's too much. It's you're, you're not gonna have anything left. You got a lot of margin of error there. Yeah. I don't know. I shot a little though with a seven six two by fifty four, the Mosin and Gaunt, mm. and she laid down. It was like whoop, flat, right? I don't know. So for me, um, I know like guys have love all these different caliber guns and. They do. measuring things? Is that what you're saying, <laughs> just, They do. How dare <laughs> they you think the bigger the, <laughs> the bigger, the better. But, um, you know, like, I... Does size matter? That's what we're coming at. That's the myth. <laughs> That's the myth. So, why don't you clear this up for all of us? <sighs> it does. Obviously. you got to fit the right size to the right quarry. It all has to work. But I can tell you, like, I mean, for me, if I was if I was gonna carry like a three hundred eight or some of those big guns, like all day long, that's a Wait, lot what of. What do you fucking, shoot? I every animal, my entire if you like two forty three. I swear to God, my every animal that I've ever shot, I've shot an, an antelope with a thirty out six, but pretty much my entire hunting career, seven mm out eight, tiny featherweight Remington. Love right. it. I can take the gun for a hike all day so long. So, 30 caliber. And yeah. and it fits, you mm -hmm. know? I feel like that's still And like it a takes every animal. It even took that a, bison. That's Randy Newbert. Okay, but yeah, 7mm so, so away, like, like, nobody would turn Not the mag, up. not the, but, you know, yeah. I was going to get to the 270 was actually what I was shopping for, and I ended up going with this one because it was a really beautiful woodstock. I love it. And... Yeah, and I can take that for a hike all day. Yeah, you know, it, it was the gun well, that fit you. But it I doesn't have to be right. No. And I think that's that's where it would come down to is like a gun that fits the person yeah. because oh yeah, like you know, smaller statured people or like younger hunters. You know, you give them a big gun. Well, that's great. You think they're going to take an animal because it's this big gun. And it's going to have all this impact. But they also have recoil. They're not going to be able to shoot it. They're not going to want to carry it all day. And that you is know? Where I'm a I big mean, fan of the 308. Well, and you want to talk about like it's like a flinch problem is like getting scoped with something big when you're young. Yeah. 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 Then you're always scared to squeeze the trigger. Like so, like. Then, well, that's all the, always the debate, you know? It's like caliber is constantly debated, but nobody's talking about the rifle itself, right? Yeah. Synthetic so you might argue brands weight. or whatever, but yeah. like, yeah, 
Well, my like, 308 weighs very differently from your 308 because I have a big ass bull barrel on my rifle. Well, and you have synthetic stock. I have a synthetic stock. I have wood stock. My mm -hmm. gun weighs more than yours, mm -hmm. even with your big ass barrel. Does it? Mine's we should weigh them. almost, I think mine's like seven, eight. I have eight a 10 pounds? round mag too. I don't. I have five. Mine's heavy as <laughs> shit. I don't need 10 rounds. I put my, well, I mean, I've only ever used one at a time. <laughs> Uh, but I've also got mine on a three-point sling, so yeah. And you have the I like that. You have the the bipod and yeah. I got a lot of shit on. You got yeah, a lot of shit and a on bipod yours. adds a lot of weight. A yeah. metal bipod. I have is one. Like, I went with the trigger like stick. Awesome I got the solo trigger stick. Those, I also but have a trigger stick. You have the three-way trigger stick though. That's Nikki's. <laughs> I more than she does. <sighs> and that's heavy as shit. Yeah, my yeah. old my three weights. Which we're well, talking about that, and I really want. Honestly, I want to. I shouldered a gun the other day in Bob Ward's. I think it's Bergera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 300 Ultra. Synthetic stock. Carbon fiber barrel. Mm -hmm. Light as shit. But the way the stock's designed absorbs all the shot. All the, yeah. the recoil. Like, that's a 1,200-yard gun. Yeah. Okay. I've been doing the exact same thing with the script, uh, the Christensen NPR. Mm-hmm. What? Carbon fiber barrel, Dude, this synthetic cross. folding stock. I want this egg cross because it will fit my backpack. The Christensen is lighter than that. But the, the it's six the eight is shorter too. Mm. In three hundred Win Mag. Ooh. That's what I want. However, as soon as I like scratch together twenty one hundred dollars, that <laughs> that's I can, just for the gun. Rub, just for the rifle. <laughs> that's that's, that's what... literally none of the other things. Okay. Then you need twelve hundred dollars for the glass on the motherfucker. Yeah, that's something so that I feel like. Cost, yeah. That's one of those things. I, it's not like a myth or anything, but it's one of those things that comes up in hunting really frequently. Like you have to spend a shit ton of money on a good gun, or or someone spends fifteen hundred dollars on a rifle and they spend hundred and fifty dollars on the glass. On the glass. It's and like, the rifle mm, performs like shit. Because well, yeah, and they complain can't about see it. Anything. It's like, man. If you the buy quality of the glass, you has buy to be a Christensen. To the quality of the put rifle. a fourth, put put a fucking Swaro on that shit. Don't fuck like I love Vortex. Their stuff is I, awesome. The, I feel like the Viper yeah, is. Like, put fucking Swaro also, on that shit and fucking go to town. But everybody has different income brackets, and so mm. then you look into things too. Like I have a Weaver scope on my gun, and I'll tell you, Weaver is a cheaper line. It's mm -hmm. like the hundred and fifty dollars scope, but it's like the optics are made by. Um, Nikon, right? Yep. So they're known for cameras. They're known for lenses. They're known for glass. So you can still get a really good glass. Yes, it's not. Yeah, you're not. Leopold it's going to perform before you know, hundred. Like, but you know, like someone just starting out and they don't want to. So again, lots of different variables going into like what you can purchase, right? Well, but you they could get a good glass for a cheaper price, put it on a gun that fits them. Specifically with Nikon, you bring up a good point too. I have a Nikon glass on one of my rifles, my 270, and they also have a built-in ballistic calculator that works with every single one of their scopes. Mm -hmm. And you can put in all the particulars of your round, the weight of the round, the speed of muzzle velocity, all that stuff. And it'll break down exactly where each one of the points on that scope is going to fall, which is pretty cool. I mean, the yeah. Vortex high-end stuff, though, like Viper HST is pretty... It, it's pretty nice, but pretty if you're going nice. that high... Like, if I'm spending... their high, Vortex's high-end stuff is four grand, right? Is it? Is yeah. it that much? I've never looked at their... It's, it's over a thousand. I'm not rich enough to even look at their really high-end stuff. If I'm going over a thousand dollars on glass, I'm going Swaro. I don't have a discount code. For I don't either. That's <laughs> um, why I'm definitely going to go But if I'm spending that much money, like, you put good glass, like, you can put good glass on a shit rifle. I feel like... You can put good glass on a Savage. Okay, what about Leica? Leica's good glass. Yeah. And it's expensive so, as shit. It's not cheap. But Leica's it, not cheap. But, like... Is anything Leica cheap? I mean, no, like, their... No, survey equipment's not fucking binoculars cheap. binoculars are... Yeah, Swaro, like anything that sounds German or like European, <laughs> is expensive as fuck, but Polish. it's awesome. Well, Zeiss, it's gonna be quality, yeah. Zeiss, dude. Zeiss is a brand like nobody <clears throat> fucking knows about, but it's some like of the most. About Zeiss. I've but seen that. It, I didn't really like. I was oh, Swaro's the best glass ever. It's like, what the fuck is this scope? Zeiss? Oh, that's a weird name brand. This should be cheap. 
Ew. Oh, fuck no. Well, well, and it also kind of depends on, like, what angle you come in from, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you say Suaro is the best glass you can think of. If you came in from the military side, you'd be like Night Force. Mm-hmm. And it's the same price and, like, I, I would say comparable qualities for Rofsky, yeah. you know? Like, but it's a different kind of mindset to the glass. Like, yeah. What's it being used for? Which is weird to think about. Like, the whole point is shooting something long range. <laughs> That's great. <sighs> I think probably the last myth we should talk about is physical capability. I was just going to say oh. physical fitness. Mm. Okay, so I feel like I got a non-answer for this one, right? Okay. Like I'm intrigued. The problem is mm-hmm. you've got the hardcore end of the spectrum. That's mm-hmm. just like if you can't do a Murph, one mile run... With a weighted vest, 100 yeah. pull-ups, 200 push-ups, if you don't 300 have, squats, followed by another mile run. If you don't have an animal hour. name, something, something, fit. Yeah. At your on your <laughs> not Instagram to narrow handle. it down to specifically one person. Uh, <laughs> like if you're not in the peak of physical condition, you shouldn't waste your time. If you're not doing hunting, CrossFit right? on the day, though. like that's one side. But then there's also like the 700 pounder who's just like I roll out to my stand and I shoot a deer every year. Or, you know the guy right? like. Jimmy John, the owner of Jimmy John's that shot the biggest fucking bull elk in North America, but he yeah. did it from 1,600 yards, and the guy weighs like 420 pounds. And who went and got it for him? He still no, the guides it did, but he eventually got oh, there with Oh, see, the guide, so he had the guides. Anyway, the, like, really unsatisfying answer is yes to all. Like, if you're in super good sh- shape, like, they give you, you a lot of opportunities. It gives yeah. you a lot more options. If you're not in great shape, you just have to plan a lot better. Yeah, it's like it. It's brains versus brawn, right? It comes so down to that. Brains a bit. versus brawn, but you also have to add in opportunity. Like yeah. if you're in really, really horrible shape, and you're like, I can probably walk a block, then you're gonna really need to find some well, high gonna, quality private land. Yeah, it's gonna ex- it's gonna change your experience, and so it depends on what kind of experience you want to have and what kind of story yeah. do you want to tell. Like, if you don't have a problem saying, I went, you know, I paid this money, I went to this ranch, they set me right here, I shot this gun, mm-hmm. I got my elk. Good story. Yeah, right. read this one out on a halter and shot it. <laughs> well, Great, you know what I that's mean? what you want, like, good for you. Yeah, and now, you know, kudos, I mean, I guess at least they got out, Yeah. and they, they had this activity, but, you know, if you're looking if you, strictly at public, like... So I guess focusing because we're all mostly we're all public land hunters, right? Yep, public land hunters. So if you're a public mm-hmm. land hunter, yeah, your physical ability is going to play directly to your success rate, in my opinion. I feel like your physical ability is going to play directly to your ability to pivot, right? Like suppose you're hunting block management, you only have to hike in a hundred yards, mm-hmm. and you can set up your stand. That might be great, you know. Mm. But should it turn out that you need to hike in 500 more yards, like the physical ability to go that little bit farther and to make that pivot is going to be important, you know? Change. Like it's not necessarily going to change your effectiveness, but it's going to change your ability to change your effectiveness. It's going to change your dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's changing the paradigm. Well, yeah, I mean, pivot. Pivot. Just your, Yeah. yeah. Your ability to change the plan. So if you have a perfect plan, but that's you can not, be in the worst shape possible. And that's not exactly <laughs> correct. Well, yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily even physical shape. It's mental shape. I was yeah. gonna say, I you could throw yeah one more aspect in, which yeah. is the mental, because you know, like people are like, oh, I can't do that. I've never done that. But you know, like if you switch your mindset, any human can walk like a mile. You yeah. know, and then you can walk the next mile and the next mile and. It's like I had a friend. She on she, we went to go for a bike ride, and she's like, "I've never biked over thirteen miles." And I'm like, "Well, let's just start. Like, let's just start biking, and you let me know when you're tired." And we just kept talking the whole time, and all of a sudden we went like thirty miles. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. and so sometimes it's shifting that mind frame and trusting that you can just do it. You know, believe not not even believing, but just saying like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. It's not like yeah. leader, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there's something that like Steve Rinella says on the 
a term he uses on the Mediator podcast quite a bit, and he says having gur. And that's that gur. like gur. Gur. So G-R-R. like I don't well, I don't know how to spell it. I've only ever heard it. Uh, <laughs> but the way he uses that term of gur is like this sucks. However, I'm gonna pers- push through it's perseverance. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But like it's a different level of perseverance. It's like this sucks, but I'm doing this for fun. This sucks, but so let's grip it and rip it. It's like I'm gonna smile the whole time because I can, you know? What, what, and like you've you you know those people who've got a good amount of gur, yeah. right? Like it's like this sucks going through all this deadfall. However, honestly I'm just happy to be a part of the team. <laughs> like and, if someone goes out there and they and they can Yeah, hike that extra five hundred feet or yards or whatever, you know, and and be like, no, I can do that. And they go do it. And they're like, yeah. wow, what a great feeling. Well, you know, I mean. And if you're making the excuse of like, but I could, right? It's the same argument as the guy who shoots a thousand yards to get his elk. Yeah. You know, there's that 1% who are going to do it. The question is, do you want to be the 1% that does that extreme? Or do you want to be with the rest of people who like still get the job done, but they put in a little bit more work well, maybe it's almost like the other like we have say you know we're going zero to 100 spectrum right yeah we have the one percent that takes a 1200 shot but then we have the one percent that's between 99 and 100 that takes the time to get to within 150 yeah mm-hmm. which is just as challenging as a 1200 yard shot well it but you have to practice different things yeah Right, and it's just like physical fitness. There's that one percent who are going to walk ten yards to their stand, and they're going to kill every deer, a deer every year. But then there's the one to ninety-nine percent who have to do a little bit of prep work so that they can get to the point where they can get out there and do that. Yeah. It's like, and I wouldn't tell anybody like, hey, you need to go exercise so that you can go hunt. Like, I'm not going to hunt with you if you don't exercise. I'm I, just going to say you're going to you, have a lot more fun. I tell you, you and Jared that all the time, <laughs> and, and you're also, the only one that listens. Well, I'm not listening to you. I just no. was already exercising, and I don't care. What and and Jared just vapes. Jared weighs <laughs> about eight pounds. He's lost weight now. Most of it is vape. alcohol <laughs> and, and alcohol. That's the only thing keeping him from floating away. Um, and his, you know, his white hair is keeping him down. But it's silver. Um, silver fox. It's <laughs> <laughs> the name of a fishing boat in Alaska. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> I think there's a couple silver foxes on Flathead yeah. too. Yeah. You know, and old ladies <laughs> trolling the bar. <laughs> old dudes trolling the bar. I too, was going to say, know? why like, is it a lady? <laughs> I guess that would be a silver vixen. Cougar. Technically. No, 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 no. Cougar is like a very specific <laughs> subset of female <laughs> sexual predators. <laughs> like, very specific. Why are they predators? Because they're cougars. What, what else would they be? <laughs> Veggie <on> harvesters? <laughs> Sexual harvesters? I mean, just more clothes. <laughs> it sounds yeah, bad. It sounds so really navy. They're cute little kids. <laughs> yeah, they're luring you in with the cuteness. Okay, the, Carol fucking Baskin. Go for the thro- Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, okay. Carol Baskin. <laughs> My God. Just to bring it back to the only normal part of 2020. <laughs> tiger King. Fucking Tiger King. Oh, God. <sighs> All right, well, we've devolved far enough. Um, those were our myths. I mean, yep. if you got any... Hit us up. Hit us up. Sure. Let us yeah. know. We'll talk about it. You want to be on the podcast? Fucking hit us up. We'll if bring you're back. Mountain Archery Fest right now. Yeah. You won't have heard this yet because <laughs> it won't air until next week. So, best case. <laughs> that's a pretty impressive time machine you've got there. I'm, I dig it. We will have update. You know, tune in next week for more fun from the mountain. Because I mean, literally tomorrow's fun. Tomorrow's fun. It's gonna be really fun. I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. Fucking excited. I'm really excited for like the sunrise and then to be really offended. By I'm the really sun. excited to go to bed and then wake up. Yeah. Right now. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like in a few minutes. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna brush my teeth. Okay, so if you've got a myth that we didn't cover, something that you have heard, something that you have just accepted to be fact, but then found out was false, or something that you think or, is fact. I want your facts, yeah. Yeah, I want, I want your, your facts. facts that you think are off the wall. Give us your hunting facts, and we will debunk them or agree with them. Especially if you're not a Western hunter, and it's a fact you know about Western hunting. 
Yeah, that'd be a good Because I came in with a lot of things in my head that I knew Judd about knew Western hunting. Absolutely fucking nothing. Because it was all the wrong things. Yeah. Because it was only things I saw in North TV. Dakota is not Western hunting. I never claimed it was. No, I know you didn't. Yeah. I didn't say you did. I'm saying I rolled out of the Midwest into the West with a lot of things in my head that were not true. Then he had to realize he had to hike, and that when I say 63, <laughs> you put the 60 pin. No, when I say fit, did I say? Yeah, you, you don't know. Even know. I, said. I said <laughs> the best <laughs> part is he doesn't oh know which God. one of us got it wrong. Know. No, and he's confirmed that it was him. <laughs> I uh, just did. I anyway. said 50. It was 53, and I said 63. Yep, you sure did. Fuck. It's been three years, and you finally realized <laughs> that you were the one who was wrong. I love it. Let's celebrate it for this. Let's take a moment of silence for Ethan. <laughs> and anytime he's ever shit on me, because he just realized that he was 100% wrong. Um, if you've got one of those myths or one of those facts, or if you disagree with us, I'd love somebody to disagree with us for sure. That would be fun. Let's do it. Uh, like shoot us an live. email at redpatchoutdoors at gmail.com. Or on the Insta. Or on the us. Instagram at, at redpatchoutdoors. You can also reach us at rpogear at gmail.com. Specifically, you'll reach Ethan, but as we know, he can't be trusted. Uh, he just confirmed that, which was crazy. Uh, and check out our gear at redpatchoutdoor.com. Coms? Com. It's on the website. Sue, thank you so much Google. for joining us. We really appreciate it. Was it was fun. I'll be back. Before the next episode, it's going to be fun. Thanks for joining us.